What up, what up, what up? Another session of Last Chance Q with my main man, Sean Salisbury, joins us. Uh, Sean, what's going on, brother? Uh, fearless Friday. Happy Friday to you. I know the weekend's ahead of us. Football, football, maybe some food, a few beverages. I don't know. Each his own. Um, we got a great weekend lined up. Saturday, two games. Sunday, two games. Um, big weekend, man. I don't know what else to say. We're going to break down some broadcasts. Huge. Today. Yep. He's been huge too, man. He leads, and since he's been starting in about four or five or more uh, statistical categories, he's been lights out, man. Wins, high percentage, plays well under pressure, delivers the ball under duress. I mean, statistically as well under blitz, accurate, overcomes bad plays, overcomes good plays equally as easy. I really like. Uh, I really like what I've seen from him, and he is a. Oh, a cool story today, real quick, JB, before we get started, and it'll kind of tie in. We get rolling with this tape soon, get our predictions in, is I was talking to the gentleman who works with him and has since the eighth grade, and eighth, ninth grade, I guess, is what it is. And when he was talking to him about uh, that touchdown, he threw a two-touchdown pass early in his starting to Kittle. And I guess he was getting, you know, he's pumped up and excited, and I guess uh, – as the story goes, he told him McCaffrey came over to him and said, you know, basically, and I paraphrase, congratulated him, but said, hey, man, we're not basically sending the message, don't over-celebrate, let's get back into the the mode. It's a long game. We got a lot to accomplish, basically, as I paraphrase. And uh, I guess it kind of shook him in, not shook him, but gathered him in back into, you know, yeah, right. You know, one play, good or bad, doesn't make it. There's a lot of football to play and loud message sent as he grabbed him by the, you know, and said, let's, let's keep rolling in a complimentary way, but a way to stay focused. Cause you and I both know a defensive tackle. If he misses a ball, uh, tackle, you got a linebacker to clean him up once in a while. Or if his corner misses, you know, getting a uh, hit off the line of scrimmage, if they're playing too high, he got help over the top, but quarterback, the, the best playing football is kneel down. So we can, you can never relax until you're kneeling down. You got, I mean, you want to play relaxed, but your mind's always racing. So, you know, it's interesting story how veterans understand. And that happened to me with Jack Del Rio in my career. Jack's one of my best friends, and we were in a playoff game, and I, I've i never been a celebrator, and I was pumping my fist after we took the first drive down. I hit a big run past 60 counter and threw an X post to Chris Carter. We got down to one, scored the next play. First drive against the Washington Redskins at the time in the playoffs. And I was pumping my fist, and Del Rio met me out by the between the hash and the numbers. He was our team, and he grabbed me. And I've known Jackson since I was 16. He's one of my five best friends in the world. And he grabbed my jersey. He said, Sal's, we got a long way to go. This is you know, settle in. And learned a valuable lesson that day because I was not in it, and I didn't settle in. But I learned a valuable lesson in the message sent by guys who, especially yeah. when you're out of character, in my case, I'm not a celebrator, right? Right. And he knew it. So having those veterans like a McCaffrey or a Del Rio, and this kid is playing at a high level with with poise and balls, man, and that's a good thing. Hey, it's a great segue into our my quote of the day, which I used this morning. Anger is the punishment we give ourselves for someone else's fuck-ups. That's a great quote. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> I love it. The punishment we give ourselves for someone else's fuck ups. Um, I don't know if I, if that's more true. Uh, if there's more true words out there, uh, that is, I, we get pissed at all the, all the time, right? Um, for someone else's fucking mistake. 
And I think uh, if we got over that, we'd probably be better off. But And the, the sooner you get over it, the better too, right, JB? No question about it. That's a great uh, point. Great quote by you. No question about it. Uh, great show we got lined up. We're going to get into a few things, what we think about Brock, our predictions. I uh, wanted to talk about a little bit of Greg Roman resigning. Uh, we're going to touch on a few regular football topics before we get into uh, Brock Purdy. And then the rest is Brock Purdy for about an hour. And then uh, we'll let you guys enjoy your Fridays and enjoy the weekend uh, uh, slate of football. And then we'll be back to you next week with another edition of this show as we get continue to get some great film in and updated film. Uh, nobody else in the world could have broke down the Dak Prescott film that we got a day later. Uh, so can't thank my main man enough. Uh, one of our friendly, friendly uh, backers of this show. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, we will see you on the other side of this intro. Stay tuned. I'm back. Let's go. Welcome to Last Chance Q with myself, Coach JB and Sean Salisbury. We will not talk over the amateur or under the expert. It's not only the X's and O's, but it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. And it's not just quarterbacks. We got all the positions teaching, coaching, laughing, and joking. We're using football terminology so we can get through this faster than we we don't want to use these long terms, coach. We don't we got quick verbiage to get to the point. Last chance cute with the great legendary Sean Salisbury. Sean, we got Brock Purdy to discuss. Uh, but you know, in the headlines, um, we're talking Brock Purdy breakdown, NFL divisional round this weekend. In the headlines, though, we got, you know, Greg Roman resigned. Uh, he, he resigned, quote-unquote, fire. Who knows? We know how the business goes. Uh, I got a couple friends, T. Martin, a couple other buddies on that staff right now. And Greg was exhausted. And I don't blame him. I, I, can, I know exactly why and what he went through. He, he, has to, uh, he has to be the most innovative play caller in the NFL. Not, I don't mean that he is. I mean that he really has to be every single day when he walks in the office because of what his quarterback can do and cannot do, right? So I think it is a very exhausting thing, Sean, coming up with new schemes, new uh, have to have to break down this opponent every week and know we're going to probably get some fucking bare front, cover zero, and we got to make sure we can beat it without just taking chunk shots with a guy who's not really a passer more of a thrower in Lamar Jackson has to be exhausting. And I don't blame him one bit. Um, Michigan's OC job is now open with the firing of their OC uh, and some allegations into some email fraud and a bunch of other crap. I have no idea. I haven't really looked into it. Alabama has an OC opening. Interesting right there. Cliff Kingsbury still out there as well. So there are six or seven NFL OC openings, a couple big time power five division one openings. Greg Roman will not have a problem getting a job by any means. I want to let everyone out there know this. Um, but my question to you, my segue into this, uh, Sean, as he resigns and Harbaugh is going to have to make a decision, or is it a prelude to Harbaugh being let go and we're blowing this thing up and maybe we've seen the last of Lamar Jackson because this is out there too. Where does Lamar Jackson land? So – there's all these uh, rumors out there. What is your take on on the resignation of uh, 
of um, Roman. And what do you think about Lamar? I have a hard time. First off, I don't think John Harbaugh's job's endangered this year. Let's put it that way. Um, and he's had great success. Now, if they go, sh- you know, shit the bed next year, and we may be having a different conversation for a guy who's been really successful wins and losses. But the problem is it's the Super Bowl thing, right? It's been a minute, right? What's the last time they won it? Was that Flacco season with uh, against the 49ers? That was it, right? Yeah. That's, John, that's John's Super Bowl ring as a head coach. Am I correct? Yeah, when the power out. Yeah, beat his brother Jim in the game, right? Yep. All right, so there's that. I think John's fine. A prelude, depending on how long the prelude music plays, right? Is it a year or what have you? Listen, one thing I do know for the most part, unless your name's Reed, Tomlin, or Belichick, the speech gets old, meaning that it's time. Sometimes change is good, and and, and, and even with Andy Reed in Philly, it got old as much as he won, and now here he is in Kansas City. I, JB, I... Um, first off, Greg Roman, folks, if Greg Roman wants a job as an offensive coordinator in the NFL, there'll be a, there's like 10 of them open. There'll be a couple more, depending on who they hire as their head coach. Greg Roman, they'll stand in line for him as a coach. Alex Smith, what he did with him in San Francisco, had him playing at a Pro Bowl level. I believe he's the one who coached Kaepernick to a Super Bowl. He did. And had Joe Flacco, they brought, they had Joe Flacco in. They brought make Greg Roman 180 degrees change in offense. Flacco to Lamar Jackson's that, that that's completely, I mean, that's like going from, you know, Tom Brady to who, who, I mean, a guy, when I saw him, I'm not comparing Flacco, but the pocket thrown from there and completely, completely changing your offense, everything. And he did that to success. And Lamar Jackson was the MVP in the league. I understand why Greg Roman's exhausted for a lot of reasons, but I do not believe Greg Roman walked in, knocked on the door and said, I want to leave. I'm done. I believe maybe conversation. They say mutual resigned, all that, but it'll be amazing. What rejuvenation, if Greg wants a job, half a dozen of these guys would be stupid not to hire him. And the, and I can assure you two things happened with Greg Roman resigned, firing, moving on from him. The Baltimore Ravens got worse and Somebody else is going to get better if Greg coaches this year unless he just takes a year off for burnout. Lamar Jackson, I think Lamar Jackson, I think they are serious. John Harbaugh on the press conference said, we want him on our team next year. I personally think they're going to franchise him, try to work out a long term. He's going to want more than Dak. He's going to want more than uh, Kyler Murray. He's going to want more than Deshaun Watson. He's better than Kyler Murray and better than Deshaun Watson. He's already proven it, or at least had a better start to his career. He's been better than those two guys have. Uh, he's, he was better than he, – listen, Russ Wilson got paid on the past. Lamar Jackson is trying to get paid on the present. So he's going to get a lot of money. Uh, I think he still ends up in Baltimore for at least this year. Franchise, he can't go anywhere unless they want to trade him. The question is, if you decide we're moving on since Greg's not there, we're going to – a whole different offense. We're going to bring a whole different – so we got to – because if you leave, let Lamar go, some – because very few guys that are coming in there, matter of fact, nobody that's available coming in there moving around like he does. And so you're going to change it to a, a different type of player. Um, I think there's a chance he leaves. You franchise him and possibly trade him. But for me, I would make sure I'd have to get a lot for him because you're, it, it is 
whether we we know he's got a lot of improvements to make from the pocket continue. We know that the throwing game, but he's been an MVP and he's got experience. You can get hell. You got two first rounders or three first rounders for Trey Lance. Give me a break, right? You know what you can get for this guy. So I think he's going to end up in Baltimore this year if he wants to stay there. If Baltimore wants him, I think they're going to franchise him, um, and then we'll go from there. I don't know where the rest of his career goes, but um, Greg Roman did a great job, and Lamar's got some decisions to make. But, you know, and he's got a Super Bowl to try and go win because that's one thing that he hasn't done yet either. So I don't know about I think I think he, I think he and Harbaugh are back this year. I do. I, I see something fishy in the air. The reason, what is it? Being, the reason being is we're missing something here. Me and you and I aren't missing it, but I don't believe we are talking about it. Greg Roman's gone. So the offense has to change. Is that what you're saying? Somebody's going to have to come in and do what Greg Roman did with learn his offense when he wants to teach his own. Is that what you're talking about? That don't exist, brother. I know. That's my point. That does not exist. And there ain't nobody coming in there. And we're going to get into 10 personnel, four wide, and throw the football around with Lamar Jackson. And now we're not conducive to winning as a football program and as an organization. I think Greg Roman goes. I think Lamar Jackson has to go. I just – there ain't no ifs and ups, buts about it. I mean, unless you're, going to continue, unless you're going to implode the roster and we're going to get real just one-dimensional run heavy and – we're gonna we're gonna let Lamar Jackson. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, either bet on himself, which he has already. But like you said, we franchise him and say, "Okay, here you go. You're gonna earn your money." So show us you can do it. Run an NFL offense. So we're gonna get an 11, 10, 20, 12, and you're gonna run an NFL offense and flat fall flat on your fucking face. And you gotta, you know, you're gonna have to direct traffic and get us in and out of plays where, you know, from run to run to pass, pass to run, pass He's to pass. He's gonna be runner. exploited, Sean. Well, and here's here's the thing too, JB, about that. Dynamic talent, no doubt. But you make a good point because maybe we are overlooking the biggest element to this is this is a unique offense that no that very very few i mean maybe chicago's doing a little bit of it with that with with justin fields right yeah, but it a ain't little bit of it right cliff kingsbury a little bit not only he's running rpo and they're throwing it more right i mean they want at least that's the intention for where he comes from with his background but telling an offensive coordinator who comes in I want you to learn everything that Greg did. Call it like he did. Teach it like he did. We're keeping Lamar. Or you flip it and say, we're going to get out of what Lamar does his best at and make him do something he does. What's easier to adjust? A coach doing what they already do or making the quarterback change completely? It's the coach doing what they already do. But how much resistance are you going to get from that? And Is it going to be taught as well? The answer to that's no. So that it is a – and you might be right about that. You might be – Right when they say when Roman goes, you may be that may have been the answer that says we're going to shop uh, Lamar Jackson. I, I here's what I believe, too. I don't think there's any doubt that they're contemplating, contemplating either taking phone calls on it or telling his agent, You are free to go seek a trade, bring it back to us. I don't he know if that's happening, that would not shock me. He is his agent, him and his mom. That's what I'm talking about. His mother going to them, yeah, and whoever else is in their circle of of representation. 
but and that's a tough negotiation as it is when the when a family's doing it. But if they're doing it right and he's comfortable, that's all that matters. If they're comfortable, um, and we're not negotiating our contract, so whatever they he and her feel comfortable with and his representation. But I don't know. Do you call Lamar and say you and your mom they come in and if if you want to trade him, say hey. You guys go seek a trade, and so Lamar has the freedom to pick up the phone or his mom and call Robert Sala and ask if, if uh, you want to trade for Lamar Jackson. Let me let me ask you this. Well, first of all, he wouldn't fit the Jets' offense. They're off, they're wide receivers. That's my they're point. See, good. where are you going? Okay, where are you going? Where are you going, Chicago? They got a guy, or they're going to trade. So do you trade? Let me ask you this. But right, if you're, ba- me, but if you're you Baltimore and you trade – Aren't you right back to the same thing of a guy still learning how to be great from the pocket, but is a, uh, still learning how to throw it from the pocket in his infancy, but is a great runner? Well, Meaning Justin Fields. Let me. This is. I think there's a bigger piss, a missing factor, and you are more abreast to it than I am. You 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 speak to a lot of different people every day. You do 27 shows. Let me ask you this. <laughs> this right here. This is where people are thinking he's apparently going, okay? These are six destinations. I only can see one of those destinations being viable. I say two. Atlanta and Carolina. I was just going to say the Falcons and the Panthers. Okay, so let me ask you this, though, since you're a little bit more up to speed than I am. I believe those guys right there, those six teams, depend on – this five teams, the NFL draft, and where, who takes who in the draft. So I'm very curious as to if I – let me just ask you this question. If you're Chicago for shits and giggles, all right, Justin Fields, listen, we're going to draft Bryce Young number one. We're going to trade him. We're going to draft him one. And we're going to trade them off so we can get a better team surrounding you. Are there anyone in those discussions in the top five picks that may draft somebody of viable ability to trade off the asset to get a Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, or get into someone that can help our team win right now? Or, I don't know, I'm just thinking outside the box because – I think the draft is dependent on where a lot of these guys go as far as Brady, Rodgers, and Lamar. Oh, I don't think there's any question. We still got Carr and Garoppolo out there. They're going to have to find a place too, right? Yep, Geno Smith maybe. Geno Smith, know. yeah, and then they may franchise him too. He, I want you to put the uh, teams up that he's destined to go to. I got a two-parter here for you. One, hold that thought right there. As far as the draft goes, Here's why you don't draft Bryce Young while Justin Fields is on your roster and then trade Bryce Young. You diminish your trading power because then the rest of the league knows you're going to move him and you inst- you knows you're going to move him. And so they're going to say, well, you got your quarterback. We're going to hold you. You keep them both then. But if you trade the pick before the draft, now you've got, you know, you're, you've got eight teams bidding against each other, and they may give you an extra first rounder to go up, right? So I, if I'm trading it, I'm trading it. I'm not going to draft him and trade him. I'm probably, unless you had a flip-flop Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers situation, but I'd probably trade the pick before so I could, in my mind, 
not draft him and then do it. I want to trade the pick so I can use those picks this year to draft guys. I got to be prepared for it than being on the clock for it. So I would trade before a little earlier than that. And it'd be before the, I wouldn't draft him and trade him. I'd trade him on or before the draft while I was prepared so I could use those first rounders or whatever you're going to get to get the picks that I'm prepared for. Two is you go through this, the Jets. But here when we say the Jets don't fit the scheme, here's the thing. Arthur Smith's calling the plays in, let me go to number two, Atlanta. Tannehill runs a version of it. They do a lot of play action, and they'll mix in inside zone and read, but that's not a regular, that's not their staple. So there's one. But Arthur Smith knows how to teach a guy who can move, and he needs a big season or he'll be fired after the end of next year. So the quarterback position, I don't think the sense that I don't think Desmond Ritter is a franchise quarterback. I think he's a good no, player. No. I don't think he's a franchise changer. No. So that's that. Miami Dolphins. I personally think now maybe Miami does, but you'd give up a lot. If you're not going forward with Tua, would you go long term and try to trade for Lamar Jackson? Or you're going to waste Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Right. Or bring in or bring in, or bring in Brady for a year if you're Mike McDaniel and try to win a, a championship. I'd bring in Brady with those lightouts first. Okay. So there's that option. Let me ask you this. Can Greg Roman go to the Jets and, yes. and bring yes. Lamar there? He could. Absolutely. And so, see, Jets need a coordinator. Miami fired their defensive coordinator. Carolina's looking more than possibly for a head coach and a coordinator. The Patriots, let me tell you where he ain't going to New England. He ain't going there. I'll tell no. you that right now. And if he does, uh, has New England hired Bill O'Brien yet or anybody like I that? I think it's happening. I haven't heard okay. it. Okay, right. So there's been talk O'Brien's going from Alabama to there. But you sure as shit aren't running Matt Patricia back because I can outcoach quarterbacks for Matt. Matt Patricia's a defensive coach. Let's just leave it at And I love Matt. Stop it. That, 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 that They gave Mac Jones no shot last year. None. Nah. And then the Washington, listen, a couple things, Ron Rivera, they fired Scott Turner, North son. Yeah. So what if they bring in Greg Roman or they bring in a coordinator? Remember who was great at RPO and that version of some insights on RPO was Joe Brady, who was the offensive coordinator for Burrow. Now different players in the pocket, but they moved around. Joe Brady was brilliant at LSU. Matt Rule got rid of him halfway through the season because they didn't see eye to eye. Now he's a quarterback coach in Buffalo, and they're doing just fine. So there's a handful of teams. There, what's it going to take? Three? Are you trading through? Think what Russell Wilson got. Think what Seattle got for Russell Wilson. Is Lamar Jackson not going to get the same? He's younger. You know, you get my point, and he's won an MVP that Russell Wilson's never even got an MVP vote in the league. So it's going to command a lot. So if you're Baltimore and say we want to redo this, we can get a quarterback hold, so we'll go get another one. And you're right, then the draft kicks in because three of those quarterbacks were probably going in the top seven picks. And as yeah, our, 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 right. So, but then Carolina, then you're looking at Washington. If you're Washington, aren't you saying, I'd sure like to possibly trade up and go get one of those cats if you didn't think you could get Carr or Garoppolo or trade for Lamar Jackson? So there's so many moving parts to this. The Greg Roman thing is interesting. I mean, I don't think people give it a lot of thought. Does If Greg's gone, does that mean Lamar's gone too? But John's already said that Lamar gets to help pick the quarterback coach. 
and offensive coordinator. Just like Tyler. Uh, who, who else did I see just say that the other day? Tyler. Kyle, who? Kyler Murray in Arizona. There you go. I mean, can yeah. we stop giving the fucking kids the keys of the car? Well, like, I told you all along. I don't care who the player is. Fuck player empowerment. It's and, unbelievable. Yeah. I've had it. I can't believe it. The uh, Let me ask you something. I, I want to ask you two more things before we get to the film. Um, this stands out to me right here. MCDC, we, we, we all love him. Uh, he went nine and eight. And the narrative is he's coach of the year candidate. Uh, Jim Caldwell went nine and seven. He was fucking horrible. We had to get rid of him. I, I, there's a narrative here. And it ain't, it ain't, Sean, you know me. I don't want to get into this bullshit black and white thing that everyone wants to bring up. This ain't a color thing. This is a result thing. And I think we get too tight on the spectrum. We get too high on the raw, raw, yell asshole like myself who was on Netflix and everybody, they either love me or hate me. And then you get the weirdo fucking McDaniels types in, in Miami who are who are vaping on the sideline, you know, dancing, real monotone. Like, we're either high on the guy or we're low. We're, we're, we like the guys that are real low-key or we like the guys that are real high-energy assholes. We never like the guy that's just kind of consistently consistent down the pipe. Jim Caldwell, as you know, is a fucking hell of a coach. He knows football. And a He's hell of a man, too. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I, people just seem to forget things when it happens. Caldwell had, did a hell of a job with probably a lot less talent. And MGDC is being anointed the great great god of coaching right now because he went 9-8. and eight. I, I like both of them. I like what he's doing in, in Detroit. I, don't get me wrong. But we, we we really forget that Matt Matricia was also there in the middle of this shit. Um, I, yeah, and I'll tell you what I can't stand, JB, with this. And I know where you're, what you mean. Is first of all, people that don't throw everybody into the we're praising Dan Campbell or not praising Jim Caldwell because one's black and one's white. Stop. It's not fair to throw a blanket. Oh, I'm sure – there are plenty out there that are going to try to bait anybody into getting into an argument over this. Like, just because you're enthusiastic for Dan Campbell, and I'm going to tell you why. First off, Jim Caldwell could be an offensive coordinator anywhere he wanted for the most part. and But Jim's not going to be a coordinator. It's either head coach or bust because that's what he wants. I get it. Jim Caldwell is one of the finest men in sports. Jim Caldwell is a bright football guy, knows how to teach it. Jim Caldwell is not a self-promoter. He's quiet. He goes about his business, and you said consistently consistent. So guess what? When your guys, when he just goes about his business, people forget, even though we shouldn't. And then all of a sudden, a guy who grabs you around the throat has a great press conferences, and Dan's done a hell of a job. I'm not listen. It's not Dan versus Jim Caldwell. There's been too much distance in between. It's not that. That's this isn't the argument, and I'm sure Dan has all the world of respect, all the respect in the world for Jim Caldwell, and I'm sure Jim thinks Dan's a good coach. It just happened at Detroit. Anytime this happens, the first thing people are going to go to is it, it, they're going to play a card. Now, there may I'm not naive enough to think that in some places that it doesn't exist. Sadly and embarrassingly, and it's 2023. But you know what? I, maybe I'm living in a fantasy world, saying how in sports does this exist? But the sheer metrics of it say, you know, with the hires and in, one and dones, that it does exist, that they don't get the same opportunity to fail that a white guy does. But it doesn't exist in all of them. And it doesn't exist. Sometimes you can have a really good blackhead coach 
and a really good white head coach that don't get treated that, that don't get treated the same. That one you give more patience to, and one you don't. And then there's Nathaniel Hackett, who's white as the driven snow, and he wasn't any good. He couldn't call plays. Gave them over to Clint Kubiak, Gary's son, and they got a little bit better. And and he wasn't a good head coach either. Doesn't mean down the road he's not. And you know what? Somebody will retread him and hire him as an offensive coordinator, and he couldn't call plays for shit last year. And I, I love his dad. His dad recruited me. And, and and Nathaniel, it's nothing personal. But he wasn't even given a season to fuck it up. You get my point? And it was awful, and I understand it. So, listen, did Jim Caldwell deserve better from the Detroit Lions? He absolutely did. Talk to the owners of the Detroit Lions instead of painting everybody else the bad guy. And why they hired Dan Campbell and they're raving about his 9-8 and eight season, I don't fucking know. I know this. If I'm an owner and a general manager, I'd sure like to interview Jim Caldwell. And if Dan Campbell would have got fired this year, I would have liked to interview him too. I personally, I'll speak for me, when D'Amico Ryans walks into my building, listen, you can suck as a white coach and you're not above criticism. You could suck as a black coach, a white quarterback, a black quarterback, a white running back, a black running back, a black GM, a white GM. If you suck and aren't any good, I don't really care what the color of your skin is. Now, there is a discrepancy. If you both suck, one gets four years and you get half a year, well, then we got an issue with it, and, and I completely understand. But I, I, to me, I don't. when D'Amico Ryans walks in the room, if I'm doing the interviewing and Mike Kafka walks in, I don't really give a fuck. I'm right. hiring you because you're a quality human being. Right. You know how to raise the building and make it better. We can win, and you're and you're a quality guy who's the values in the building. And you don't just maximize your players; you maximize the entire building. And there's respect and common sense. I know it exists, but I can't fathom that when a guy walked into the room, if you and I are hiring him, it's like, well, if he goes seven and ten, he's white, so I'll keep him. If he goes seven and ten, my whole thing is if you're shitty two years or three years in a row. I don't care if you're a female and you're the head coach, if you're the best, I'm hiring your ass because I want my job to do well and I want to win. But it is hey, there's a discrepancy. People still complain. I mean, think about it. It's like, well, even Bo Pelini, since Bo Pelini got fired in Nebraska, they, they haven't done shit. Or okay, Frank he, he averaged nine wins a year, but he's a fiery guy, and you know the, he didn't. The personalities. I mean, met. fuck, Frank Solitz won ten and got fired. Right. But Jim Caldwell deserved better. But I'm not doing the hiring, so I can't hire Jim Caldwell. But I can tell you this, the thing, it, sometimes it works wonders for guys, and sometimes it doesn't. Jim isn't out knocking on doors and, and going on, you know, interview shows like ours, promoting himself. He doesn't need to. The problem is some owners and that are looking for a guy. And don't get fucking fooled in a meeting. Jim Caldwell, I talked to Tony Dungy about this years ago. When Tony was our defensive coach in Minnesota, I kept asking him why he wasn't getting a job, right? Even though I loved having him in Minnesota. He goes, Sean, you know what? I, and he just stayed the course. He goes, eventually, hopefully it'll show up. But he is not a, a table pounder. When he was a coach, he wasn't. He was a defensive coach. He just wanted his actions and the way he treated people as a coach and how he coached them to get to the job. And he finally got it, and you saw the result. He's in the Hall of Fame, okay? But – I, I, and I can't, you know, having to wait and wait and wait and 
then you get your opportunity. You may get a year in some cases and some guys. And then there are some guys who retreads, keep getting job after job, and you say, I understand. People. Well, dude, hadn't that, hadn't that old white dude been hired five times with the same result everywhere he goes? I get it. And I hate the black and white. I hate it, uh, JB, and I know you do too because I don't see it like that. But unfortunately, the visual for some, and I get the optics look shitty, and some may, may very well do it because that's the way they are. But Jim Caldwell's a hell of a human and a hell of a coach. But for the to, to, to answer your question about the difference is, Dan, and I don't want to say Dan's a self-promoter, but Dan grabs the room by his throat when he walks in, right? Jim walks in calm, coach football, players love him and respect him. They both have a different way of doing it, and it's worked for both. Unfortunately, whatever reason why the owners decided to move on from Caldwell, which was a mistake then, and Dan may not even be the coach of Jim. Hell, Jim may still be the coach. And I hope he gets another chance. And I hope for Jim's case, and I and, and in talking to Tony about it, I damn well hope for Jim's case and anybody else who's worthy, white or black, that they hire you for the right reasons, not because of one or the other, and that they fire you or when they get rid of you, that it's for the right reasons, that we didn't see growth, there wasn't this, not because, well, we got to play. Because, unfortunately, we're in a time when it's when, when I understand the sensitivity and why we would question it when somebody doesn't get the same chance or equal opportunity. I get it. At some point in time, J.B., there's going to be a female defensive coordinator off. It. There just is. You know it's going to happen. Who knows football, who's been around a great coach for 15 years and is going to either get a head coaching job or get passed up. And we're going to evolve into the point, whether people want it or not, like I said, if you're the best head coach and you're a female and you got respect in the room and make it better, I'll hire your ass tomorrow. I could care less. But we'll get to the we'll get to the point where that'll be that that will become part of the conversation. So I feel bad for Jim. I always have since then. I didn't understand why he got fired in the first place. Let me ask you this: you, but that's you, not Dan Campbell's fault, is my point. You broke down some shit today on your show. I know uh, one of your producers reached out, and I said uh, one of the biggest downfalls for Houston is not interviewing Sean Payton in fucking person, being lazy on a Zoom call. They're yep. the only team that didn't interview him in person. They fucking zoomed him. Um, Jim Caldwell fits Houston like a motherfucker, in my opinion. He would be awesome here because he knows how to. Sean Payton ain't going there, right? He knows how to. He's a he'd be a stabilizing force, but I give him more credit than that. He'd be a stabilizing force. Knows that, like Dave, Dusty Baker. Dusty's a Hall of Fame fucking manager and one of my favorite guys in the sports world, and a and a friend of mine. When they were trying, when AJ Hinch left, I they asked me, and we were talking about my show. I said. Go hire Dusty Baker. He wins everywhere. Players love him and respect him. He has great pitching here. So you got to, and at the time, and Brent Strom, a great pitching coach when he got here. And Dusty has always been criticized for not handling pitching staffs. Well, they handled it like a charm this year. Strom gone, Dusty and his, and his pitching coaches had two of them. They went and won the World Series. Dusty was in here to bridge the controversy, veteran. Dusty was a Hall of Famer before he won the World Series this year. Yeah. I always said he was the Andy Reid of baseball before Andy won a Super Bowl. Everybody loves him. Everybody's rooting for him. He just needed a Super Bowl for whatever reason, even though he's a Hall of Famer, to kind of validate and say, okay, yeah, he is great. And it's the same. We do it with quarterbacks. It was the same for Dusty. He got the World Series. It's eluded him. He was a Hall of Famer before he got the World Series this past year. That being said, 
Dusty was brought in to stabilize after the hinch and the sign stealing. But we needed that, 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 that's, that's shrinking how good Dusty Baker is. Stabilize, yes. Dusty made him better. They won 100-plus games, and Dusty made him better. And they went out and won, and they dominated, and they're the World Series champs. Jim Caldwell has the same feeling, just calm, know you do your job, and you hit it perfect. Like I said, consistently consistent. All this guy does is win. And I don't know a soul in football that doesn't think Jim Caldwell's a hell of a man, a great football coach, regardless of the color of his skin, which is the way it's supposed to be. I hope Jim – and here in Houston, he'd be great with quarterbacks. He'd hire a good staff because you want to work with Jim Caldwell. I would. Shit, he calls me. I'd be over there coaching quarterbacks. By the time he said, you want to coach quarterbacks for me, I would, he wouldn't be able to get out of his mouth by the time I was over there with Jim. So it'd be great. And listen, what a horseshit way to do business when you got a private plane. Get you. I, right then and there, I'd say, you know what? It tells me you're not interested either in me or in winning. Fuck yeah. Because if you can't take enough time on, if you consider this a hobby, I don't want to play. I don't want to coach for you. I, 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 there's no excuse. Get on a plane and go visit them and quit doing this Zoom shit. I can't figure out enough about somebody in a Zoom interview. Fuck no. I can't stand it, man. So I, pray, I, I hope for Jim Caldwell, but it, it's unfortunate that, that, Jim shouldn't have to go through it, and and obviously when you see this, and I don't think there's a lot of talk about it, but Dan Campbell didn't do anything. He, he's just trying to win football games. It ain't his fault. The uh, the NFC East. Before you get into this film, the NFC East is the has the most teams left in the playoffs. Three. These three quarterbacks are living. Uh, while we're still in this pre-snap read segment of the show, what do these three right here have to do to win? Two of them play each other. Dak plays the number one defense in the 49ers. We know that he probably won't have the game he had against the worst defense we've ever broke down in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But what does Dak have to do, starting with Dak, what does he have to do to shock the world this week and beat the Niners? They need to run the football. He needs to keep uh, – he's got to be great in the red zone, don't settle for field goals, and he cannot throw the ball the other team. He just can't. He'll have to play like he did last week make a few big plays. And I think he's going to have to extend a few plays with his legs because they are not going to give him the same windows that you and I sat there and watched. It's going to be he, this a whole different, a whole different animal. storm he's about to face, yeah. this animal. But uh, confident, take your shots when they're there. Um, I, but I, I would like to see he, – he's just going to have to play air-free football. It, 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 I know that when you say, well, what does that mean? Doesn't mean you got to complete every pass, but on the plays that aren't there, you got to do something smart with the ball. He has got uh, to play like the MVP. Daniel Jones and and Hurts play each other. I I think if there's an upset this week, it's going to be either Cowboys beat the Niners or the Giants beat the Eagles. Maybe both. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's got a chance to beat Buffalo. Oh, I don't even call that an upset. I'm picking Cincinnati. Right. I think Cincinnati should be the favorite in this game, but that's just me. And they're like five or five and a half point dogs, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Something. Vegas knows something, right? Yes, they uh, do. I, I, I'm not going to buy into the Cincinnati O-line guys being hurt because he went to the fucking Super Bowl last year with no O-line. So I think that's going to – he'll be fine. He'll get the ball out quick. He's got three guys to get it to, plus Hurst at tight end, plus mixing it wide at, court, at running back that can get in the slot and – they can do things to dictate to that defense. I think their their offense is clicking, even though I think the Ravens game is the best thing that happened to them last week, almost losing. I think Buffalo's shit out of the storm. 
Burrow. Yeah, and, and hell, Miami almost got Buffalo. Both of them should have had a wake-up call because neither one of them – both of them were in a position to lose those games, and both of them played backup quarterbacks. One, a third-string quarterback. Now, with that, go back to Jones and Hurts. The crazy thing about this, which defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon or Wink Martindale, is going to be able to take away one dimension of those two quarterbacks? You get my I point? Think Hertz is ready to go full go. There's, I, I, I think, I think the Giants' defense is better than a lot of people think. Okay, then, and Martindale took Jefferson out of the game last week, and he took, took Lamar Jackson out of the game when they played. So I would th- see, and it's not going to be AJ Brown. He's a, you know, it's not Devontae Smith. He is going to do his way of taking somebody out of this game is, and you got to deal with Miles Sanders. Is if I go into this game, if I come out of this game and Hurts beat me with his arm. And he's a good passer. He had a hell of a year, MVP type year. I'll live with that and tip my hat to him. If Jalen Hurts rushes for a buck 30 on me in this game, then you don't deserve to win. I got to take away his inside zone read to get to the edge away. I have to. If he beats me throwing it consistently for four quarters, shit, I'll live with it. I'll just say he's better than we are. And the Eagles are friggin' really good. But. If I come out of this game and he's thrown for 240 and ran for a buck 27, yeah, we're fucked. Then Wink Martindale didn't have a very good game. I look for Wink Martindale to do everything he can to secure the edges from Jalen Hurts and then say, go ahead and beat me. I'll find a way to roll coverage to one of these receivers, AJ Brown. We'll deal with the other one and I'm going to let you see if you can get through all your progressions. You're not beating me with your feet this week. All right. So Brock Purdy. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna watch this film. Give us a little uh, precursor to what we what you think about him so far. We're gonna kind of get into him. What what you think, and I guess your expectations. I don't have a lofty one. Um, we both agree he's better than Trey Lance and Garoppolo moving forward with this roster. Uh, that doesn't mean to me if they lose this week or even in the Super Bowl uh, that it doesn't mean to me that they're they're he's not either benchable for Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady for a year to learn because I can easily see in okay we didn't get this we didn't get the we didn't get the Super Bowl uh Brady and Aaron Rodgers are available we're gonna go get them and you're gonna learn from one of these guys I can see that happening Sean very very easily but if Purdy is the guy um they gotta trade Trey Lance they gotta get rid of Garoppolo and either keep a bring a guy in or draft a guy again and or, get a, or get a veteran backup. Oh, there's a lot right. of shit that goes on. What do you like out of this kid that you've seen so far? And and please explain. Purdy, I've this, the jury's still out for me. I I think he's surrounded by the best talented roster in football and the single greatest play caller for what he has. With what I mean is, I don't believe he's better than Andy Reid, and I don't believe he's better than D- Dable. What I do believe in Shanahan is that he does the best for what he has, meaning. He's got Debo and Ayuk and, and McCaffrey and Kittles, and he does the things with those guys to really fuck with defensively scheme-wise because he don't have the outside true wideout like a, old Julio Jones or, 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 or Devontae Adams. He doesn't have that stretch nine guy. He's got to do a bunch of misdirection, float motion, a lot of shit with these other guys, and I think Purdy's the best fit for that. But I'm worried about Purdy getting behind, Sean. If Purdy gets behind, I think his asshole's going to pucker. Okay, and I'm going to – this is – you and I see the game of football 
really, really similar from all our years of playing and studying. There's a few layers to this. One is Kyle Shanahan's the best run game, window dressing, run game designer on the planet. You never stop him. You may be able to slow him down, but he creates deception in the run game. And they only run about five or six run plays, JB. You and I both know it. They don't have 30 of them. They just dress it up to make sure with motion and shift and different guy. But they're going to do what they do, and you can go fuck yourself is basically – we're still – we're going to shove it down your throat is how they feel. And when they get a line and they're moving it, then it creates stuff. So they're going to try to run it. You know this. Kyle Shanahan's perfect game this week would be 40 carries, 24 throws, 26 throws, 28 throws, 40 no, runs, 28 – he would love it. That's what he does. But he is a great play caller and run designer and – Quite frankly, a game designer when he's got a quarterback that he can do stuff with. All right, here's how I feel about Purdy. Of course, you, you, the jury should still be out. He's only started six games. If Brock Purdy, his name was Lamar Jackson, Josh uh, Allen, Joe Burrow, people would be have their tongue stuffed so far up his ass they wouldn't be able to – fans, everything. They wouldn't be given. well, what if he's the, the last guy drafted? They wouldn't be able to get enough corn, okay, and planters, peanut. They, 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 they wouldn't be able to get their tongue out of it. You get my point? I mean, that's how it's blatant. telling me his, his tongue would have went through his pee hole? Yeah, I, yeah I'm quite – see, on your show long enough, now I start to buy into some of, what you have, of a phrase you might use, okay? So here we go. So so the the, the – the label we give a guy, let me, let me backtrack to, I mean, let me back up a little bit. People on Twitter and on Facebook and to come on here or they're listening, think that all these guys who draft people and evaluate them are all experts and that coach them are all experts and they're supposed to be the best in the world, but those, the, the, those motherfuckers miss too, okay? Sometimes they miss and the guy they drafted eight sucks ass and the guy they drafted last actually has balls that are bigger than the guy and loves football more and studies it harder and has a bigger chip on his shoulder and plays better. The jury should still be out on Purdy. I get it 100% because if you crown him a Hall of Famer, you're an idiot. And if you say he's a bust, you're an idiot because it's too soon either way to know. I know this. The guy was fighting and scratching to make a team in August. I lose you. Oh, I think I lost Sean. Um, let's see him get back in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with the Purdy. I'm on. The, I got to see Purdy. We're gonna break down some Purdy here in a second. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, I'm a believer in, in in Purdy yet. I'm not a believer. I got to see a little more. But I'm going to – we're going to see. Uh, you know, we're going to see. Um, Sean will get back with us here. Um, let's see. Yeah, we're going to see. Um, I love the homers, though. Uh, I love all the homers. They, 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 they can't be wrong with – Landon, he's a Niner homer, so it doesn't matter. You say anything wrong about the Niners, and he's gonna fucking tell you that uh, you're you're wrong. 
I, I, I want to know what happens when the Niners lose. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, I, I'm curious. I, I want to know what happens when they lose. What are you going to say? What are you going to say when they lose? I bet you don't say nothing. I bet you I can't even find you. I bet you I cannot even find you. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, let's get into some uh, Brock Purdy, man. I'm going to break some Brock Purdy down. Wait for Sean here in a second to see if he gets back in. Uh, the internet's been fucking bad for everybody. The internet, boy, I'm going to tell you, if the internet goes down in the world, boy, we're a fucked up. We are a fucked up country. I tell you. Holy shit. Um, it's bad, man. It's fucking bad. Um, hey, Landon, why aren't you a member since you talk so motherfucking much? How about you become a member before I block your ass? A lot of you motherfuckers in here ain't members talking a lot. I tell you that. How about you How about you all become a fucking member? If you want to call in, call in and talk. But you got to become a member to buy that. You got to pay to play. Shit. You motherfuckers talk too goddamn much for me. Um, and still ain't a member. Um, because we had to take it down, Jimmy Robinson. What do, what do you fucking think we had to do, homie? Do you hear what he said? You, you already, you fucking know that they would have canceled my whole fucking show if I, that shit would have came out. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Why the fuck would you ask that question, Jimmy Robinson? Like, you really think that that's not going to be a fucking, <laughs> a, a cancel fucking a culture thing? Get the fuck out of here. You already know. Why would you even ask that question? Why would you have to ask that question? I'm curious. Like, why would you have to ask what Brandon Lang said? Um... I mean, come on. Sean lost power at his house. So, um, yeah, Brandon, Brandon fucking lost. Um, Sean's trying to get power back at his house. I got the film. Let's break some film down from Brock Purdy. And then if Sean joins us, uh, he'll join us back, and then we'll get it cracking. Um, here we go right here. All right, let's get into some Brock Purdy, all right? First of all, let's get into some understanding what we're in here, all right? So we're in a little bit of 11 personnel. Uh, well, actually, it's 12. If you want to count, this guy as a tight end and this guy as a tight end, Okay. So, Benning, if you want to call those two tight ends, which we will, we're going to call that 12 personnel, all right? Oops, let me get rid of that. Um, we're going to call that 12 personnel, all right? Boom. So, two tight ends. Remember, one back, two tight ends, 12 personnel. That's what it goes. The back is always first. The back is always first. The tight ends are always second, all right? That's how we classify personnel groupings. All right, so that is what we have. We have 12 personnel. Now, the 49ers do a hell of a job in the run game, and they do a lot of misdirection like this. Now, this is what we call ride and glide. 
This is a ride and glide with a with a what we call this is a guard pulling, okay? So we get a little flow with the backers. We want to get this guard to pull. We're going to get this guard here to pull, kick out the defensive end, and we're going to see linebackers fill with the pull action. Watch the linebackers. See the pull. Look how fast they're downhill. Look at those guys suck into the line. Because the 49ers run the ball so well that when you see pull action by a guard, you have no choice but to fit. So you get three linebackers and a safety to fit the line of scrimmage and now you have a ride and glide, and now you got a clean-ass pocket here. You have a very clean pocket with nobody in front of Purdy to throw the football. Now, this is the problem. Purdy has to make this throw. This is an NFL throw. you got to make it. you got to make this ball. you got to make this throw. This guy is way too wide open. He's way too wide open. You have to make this throw in the NFL playoffs. And he misses this badly. All right? He misses that badly. This is what you cannot have as you get into deeper rounds of the playoffs. The scheme is there. The call is there. First and 10, come out, faking the run game, get guys to buy into the box, and bam, hit them over the top. We got to understand, Purdy's eyes are straight down the line. We, We... let me get back here. Purdy's eyes are looking straight down the pipe. That's what we see from Purdy's view. So what we get here is what? We got the dagger route. We got a clear. And there's our safety. All right? Our safety sitting there. Our safety sitting there at backpedaling right there. And there's a void with the linebackers being sucked up, right? Remember, these linebackers got sucked up. Look at all these linebackers in the box. The ball is just too easy of a throw. Got to set our feet. I don't like his feet being his back foot and being in front of his throwing foot. I don't like it. All right? We need to get his back foot to drag here. We need to get that back foot to drag. His body is way too off kilter here. This is way too off here. We don't like this body stature at quarterback. We want to be more erect with a little knee bend and throw this ball on time right there down the shitter. This is a bad football. It should have been picked. Uh, Luckily, it's not picked. So now we're in second down. Second down, uh, and now we put Debo in the backfield, Kittle's motion. Now we motion McCaffrey. See what I'm saying? We had three movements, three shifts, two motions before the snap. And you're forced, so you understand common knowledge in football. You are forced now to play base defense. You have to play base defense versus all the shit the Niners do. So you have to play base defense, and now you have to just pin your ears back and play some base. Another bad football, but at least the guy is so wide open in this coverage that he got away with the throw. This is not a great football. Um, now, I can't see the end zone. It might have been a great football if you know if you understand football because once we see the end zone copy, this linebacker may have been in a, it may have been a pick if he throws it ahead. So we'll have to see it. I want to see what what it looks like out here. 
but it could have been a bad he had to back throw shoulder this because that linebacker right there might have picked it off we'll see but it works out so it doesn't really matter it worked out first down we'll see it from the end zone does 57 become a conflict player and is he possibly picking this football off we're going to check it out 57, yep. He either has to throw the ball there or he has to throw the ball here, all right? You got to throw one or the other. But for you to do this, just so we're clear, this quarterback and that receiver have to be on a hell of a same page to understand that guy is the conflict player. You better throttle down in this void before the linebacker so I can get you a back shoulder ball. If not, I got to throw the football here between the yellow lines after the linebacker. Because look at the linebacker's momentum's carrying them this way, right? So we can throw the football here, but Devo has to understand, keep working, or I'm throwing the ball right now. So you got to understand where he threw the window, or Ayuk. You got to understand where the window is and you got to be on the same page as the quarterback here. So that is a good job by him settling it down in the window. Now we're back into some uh, 21 personnel motion. Um, now we motion back to 21. Toss the football. Uh, they break it with McCaffrey or with Devo in the backfield now. Uh, you got to account for Devo in so many ways. Um, if the Cowboys defense can show up, um, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to eliminate something. You have to eliminate something. Are you going to go after McCaffrey? Are you going to go after Debo or Kittles? 49ers present a lot of problems, and um, I just don't know how it's going to work out. All right, here's another ride and glide, similar to what happened earlier. Now what we have is some counteraction boot, all right? So our counteraction ride and glide. So now we're getting the guard pulling, boom, and then the – F, this is F counter action. So we're getting guard and, and fullback action, okay? So we got that. We got that. We're going to get the ride and glide. We're going to get all the linebackers to suck up. And here is the guy that can stop the football play. He's no nowhere near uh, stopping Kittles. Or uh, I'm sorry, the, the receiver here, Jennings or whoever that is. And all it is is it has to be a better thrown ball. The ball has to be thrown now. Throw it now. Throw it to the back cone. Throw it here. Why are we waiting to throw it? The ball is not. The ball should be gone. Purdy, the ball should be gone here. Throw it. He's open. We got to start understanding these young quarterbacks. Got to start understanding. Throw him open. Don't wait for it to come open. He will never, it'll be an interception. It's the NFL. 27 is going to remake up that speed. Now it's a late ball, thrown late, and now it's lucky it could be a pick. But if you throw it earlier, it's a touchdown. So we just got to understand um, there are some things that he has to do to get better. But at the same time, um, that ball needs to be thrown. Throw it now. Throw it. Wait, what is he waiting on? This is the difference. See, he needs to get motherfucked in the, in the meeting room. Throw the ball now. What are we waiting on? The safety's in the fucking middle of the field. Look. 
He's a non-factor. This is the only guy we're worried about. <laughs> Throw the ball to the end zone. Back cone right there. Touchdown. We got to get better at throwing the ball early. Anticipatory throws. And this kid, uh, that's what that's what I have not seen from this Purdy kid. So when I see him play an elite defense, I'm curious to see how he's going to do uh, against the Eagles, against a uh, Dallas, against some other teams like that. So we're going to see how it ends up being. Um, but, you know, he's got an opportunity around a great roster, just like Mahomes, just like Al. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I would argue that Allen has the last, least talented roster on the edge. I don't think Allen has the greatest running backs. I don't think he has the greatest receivers. After Diggs, uh, you know, Knox is pretty decent tight end. He's okay. He's not Kittles. He's not Kelsey. He's a decent tight end. But who's their best receiver after after Diggs in Buffalo? Chase or uh, what's his name? Gabe Davis? Um, I, I don't know. I think Buffalo has the least talented roster that's remaining in the playoffs as far as offensive skill. So Josh Allen has to really, really throttle it down here going against Cincinnati. All right, here's one of those throws we were talking about. This is a slant. We got a little slant, double slant, or slant in route here. This guy's the conflict player. All right, there's the conflict. Now, do you throw it before or do you throw it after? We just talked about it. There are definitely windows. Where do you throw the football? Where do you throw the football? That is the problem. So, Again, got to be on the same page, and that is where this young kid probably lacks the reps with the starters. This has been six games in now, six weeks, and uh, so that's just what it is. I think, see, you got to wait. See, wait. If you control your feet and understand this is the throw, this is the open area right there. Let him clear. Let him clear. And this is a walk-in touchdown. Look at that. Touchdown. But that's going to come with experience and timing. And right now, they just don't. They lack that because of experience and repetitions together in a meaningful football game. He's getting it, but I'm just scared. I'm not scared. I really don't give a fuck. I'm not a fan of either team left in the Super Bowl or in this playoff run. What's going to have to happen, though, is um, you're going to have to make these throws in meaningful football games, and that's just where we're where we are. Um, again, we're running counter tray with a motion floater. Kittles is in full fucking speed. Kittles is full speed here across the formation. And that is a collision waiting to happen that defensive just don't want to see. See, now you're leaving Bruce Irvin at the defensive end to walk out and be a backer and a bear, a diamond look here. Now he has to take on Kittles and the puller. So Seattle is a hat short at the line of scrimmage in the run game. See what I'm saying? You walk out Bruce Irvin to take on this. And now you're a hat short because you're wrapping a guy and you got and you got the left tackle uncovered, and now you're getting a bunch of fucking turn back. You're a hat short, Seattle. This is not a very great sound defense here, and this guy don't want nothing to do with it, right? We know these corners are pussy. They don't want nothing to do with that. 
and he ain't filling. He's coming from the backside. Woods is too slow to get across, and he does a hell of a job running, trying. He's a hell of a nose guard. But, I mean, come on. This is a... Uh, Um, so it's a big gainer, big gainer. Um, Sean's internet's down, man. So, so he's, he's kind of, kind of getting fucked over at his house. He's pissed off. Like I was these internet companies control our world, man. Um, let's get into another one. Three, nothing. This football game is still a football game. This was still a great football game, by the way. So, uh, you know, Seattle played well in this football game and this could have been a, if if Gino don't fumble, this is a very very close football game. People don't want to understand that. Um, all the naysayers know that it. Oh, it's a blowout. Eh, it really wasn't. Gino don't fumble. This is a fucking ball game. Now we got a two high look here. Two man look. Looks like right. And eh, we got a little zone. We got a little zone here. We're gonna roll, rock and roll. Yeah, we got a little quarters look to the boundary. We got a little little two man at the top. All right. So we got two man at the top. All right. This guy's. Chasing the tight end. He's locked. He's locked on this tight end, and he's over the top. That's a two-man look to the top. To the bottom, we got a little zone look. He's quarter dropping. He's belling out, and he's sitting there over the top. And that is a little bit of a quarters look down here. So we got quarter look down here. We got two-man up top, and that is a great job by Purdy being patient, checking it down to our back. That is actually very, very good football by Purdy. I'm very impressed by him not trying to take the bait. If he's unaware, he got cloudy. He doesn't like the coverage. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. We're covered. We're covered. We're covered. We're covered. Take your back. Great job. Take what the defense gives you. Take what the defense gives you. And that is great football. That is not, that is not something we see a lot in these young quarterbacks. The young quarterback is going to try to force something. Now, what I don't like is his drop. See, his drop, he is very giving, he's giving away a lot. If I was scheming against him, I want him more down this pipe right here. He's drifting left. I don't know why. I know why, because his first step of his drop is behind his front foot. That's number one. So when you step back like that, your first foot should be back. His first foot should be back here. He's stepping in what we call the bucket. We don't want to step in the bucket. He's stepping in the bucket, and now he's getting behind his front foot, and is now he's way left. See that? We want these feet deeper and, and, and more vertical and, and staying together more. He is now behind his back, his front foot, which is taking his drop way left. Look how left he is now. Look how left he is. Instead of depth, where she should be here, now he's left. And he's sitting here. Now you can run it, but this is not a sound drop. I'm glad he's lucky that this ball doesn't get batted at the line of scrimmage. Purdy's not a 6'6 guy. So let's get some depth straight back so now we can see the field and we can hit the back in stride. See how he's almost getting hit here, and he has to jump throw this because his drop is so bad. I want to see Purdy get a deeper drop, vertical, straight back, so we don't get balls batted at the line of scrimmage. And he can see the football field in totality. That is just quarterback in one-on-one. Uh, nobody has the boot. Nobody has the quarterback here. 
Everybody's coming off the edge because Purdy doesn't run much. Look at that. Look at that. Purdy could have kept that football just like Dak did against fucking Tampa Bay. That's a walk-in touchdown. There is nobody out there. So that's something they're going to look at. Um, Same thing that Dallas does. A lot of these defenses don't account for the quarterback that doesn't run option. If they don't run option, if they're not playing a Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields or one of these, they, they, they really don't give a shit about the pro-style quarterback. They will not defend the edge. And you can fake these boot nakeds and walk in the end zone um, in the NFL nowadays. Purdy does a great job here. Again, his feet are very sporadic. He doesn't really have a settled drop. See, his feet are very loud. He's very, very unsure with his feet, where he's going. And now he's throwing the football with the jump. Like, that's a hell of a – he's leaving his feet to throw the football quite often. But – he makes plays. He's improvisational. He makes plays with his feet, but his arm ends up making the play. His feet extend the play for his arm to do the work. Just understand, there's a big difference. I do not like the ball security. I don't like one hand on the ball. I don't like that. He's going to come off the edge here and strip that ball. Micah Parsons will come down here and strip that football. And everybody sees the ball. And you're very vulnerable. Get two hands on the football in the pocket, quarterbacks. Young quarterbacks out there watching. Two hands. I want the ball here. Two hands on the football. So make sure we're ball security, job security. But great job. Great job making an improvisational play. Um, Again, this is a football game. This first half, Seattle's winning the football game at halftime. So we're we're in a battle here. Um, now we got a little boot naked play. This is a great ball. Um, throws it on time. Uh, um, Great job. Get his hips around. I want to see a little pop. I want to see that hip pop a little faster, though. Pop the hip. Pop the hip. But, you know, he doesn't have a big-time arm, so you got to anticipate throws early. So that's a great job. He throws it out early, and he gets it ahead of everybody. And, uh, you know, great job. 10-7 football game right now. This is a meaningful football game right now. This is still a tight game. Again, 12 personnel. We got a tight formation. We're going to get Kittles in the run game. Um, great job by Seattle stopping the run. McCaffrey at the line of scrimmage. A little run, a little odd stack look, a little 50 front here by Seattle. And and we don't know where we're going. He wanted to check it down here. Takes off from runs, gets what he can. First down. I mean, great job here. Trying to high step it, a little, little swag on him. See, that's what I like about Purdy. He's got a little swag to him right here. Got a little swag. But at the same time, he's not the athlete that a lot of these other guys are, and he doesn't have the big-time arm that a lot of these guys have. He's a better athletic Jimmy G, in my opinion. Um, so I just want to see him continue to keep two hands on the football, tuck that ball, tuck that ball, and uh, secure the football. These, up, these guys in Dallas have a better defense than Seattle, by far, have more athletes. So it's going to be a little different. 
That right guard there, number 60, he's giving it away. Probably a false start there. They didn't. They got away with that false start look. Uh, that should have been a fucking false start. I don't know if it was or not. Um, watch number 60 here. Uh, watch this guard giving it away. He's leaning, and we can see that he's pulling here. Watch. Look at that. That's false start, my friend. Why don't we call that ref? That's a fucking false start. See, when you see end zone film of NFL film, you see a lot of calls that are missed. The naked eye doesn't see on TV. So you see a lot of calls here that are badly. This is a bad call. This is a. This should be a penalty. Big time. And uh, that is a bad football call that's missed right there. Luckily, this wasn't a play that had could happen. But that was, should have been a five-yard false start that was not called. Again, check it down, man. Purdy doesn't, he's a check down king. You can't, don't be bored making a simple play. Don't get bored. Sean says it all the time. Don't get bored making the simple play because that will null, lull your defense to sleep. Your defense will get tired of, uh, and you, and then they'll start to rally and then you hit them over the top on a big play. But don't get, don't get bored taking the simple play. Give it to that big motherfucker right there. That dude will get you play. It gets you yards. And you don't have to do much, quarterback. Just get it to him while he's open. Let him do the work. Be efficient. Take what the defense gives you. Here we go, a little 21 personnel. Great job. It's a little fake toss look. They're going to try to fake the toss with the hip. Fake the toss. We want to see Debo get his arms up there. Debo, get your hands up there like you're going to catch the football. Be an actor, Debo. Show your hands. You'll get them to go even more. And now you got this window right here to throw the football even cleaner. Even a cleaner look. Debo, you got to be an actor. Everybody's expecting you to get the football, Debo. Become an actor. Fucking... Put your hands up like you're catching the football. You would have got everybody down there. And this could have been a bigger play. So, again, they move Debo to the backfield. They put McCaffrey as a receiver. Again, great schematics by a coach who understands how to use his personnel in multiple ways. This is a great job. Seattle's not expecting this play. They're thinking it's tossed. I want to coach the details, though. If we're going to be this good as a play caller, let's get to being this good as a coach. Show your hands, Debo. That's bad coaching. Get your fucking hands up like you're going to catch it, and you'll see this entire defense fucking going over here. Let's get our hands up, Debo. When we have this opportunity, make sure you're the best at it. Show your hands. Be an actor. This could have been a touchdown. The little things that a lot of you don't understand or don't see, you get it right here on Last Chance Q. Sean Salisbury and I break it all down. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Um, um, this is not film that you can get anywhere, just so we're clear. <laughs> this isn't all 22, by the way. So this isn't fucking what you see by the random slapdick on Twitter and TikTok 
with Acho and all these guys. This ain't a, a NFL 22. This is real NFL film that I get. This is I'm the, I'm one of two people that can show it on YouTube and not get copyrighted. This is real film from the NFL. This is coaches film, and this is through DV Sport, uh, the great DV Sport, who you see every week when the NFL refs go look under the blanket and they put their head in the interview and, and go review an instant replay. DV Sport is who they use. DV Sport is also who it, the NFL and Division One football uses to break their film down. I'm probably one of very few people that have DV Sport at their house. Um, I've had it for a long time at everywhere I've ever been. The owner is a good friend of mine. This show is sponsored to you by DV Sport, and this is the film you get to see, and this is the film that doesn't get hit because we're allowed to show it. We're one of two people in the fucking YouTube universe that can actually show it. So this is what you get. This is the film you get. Um, this isn't 22 Red Zone, uh, NFL Red Zone that you – you buy on NFL.com or whatever. This is not, you're not going to get this film. You could get your all 22 and stuff, but you're not going to get the three camera angles that I have here. So, um, Hey, but, uh, this is something that I can blow up. Once we get me and Sean figure this thing out and get our schedules together and get everything figured out. We're trying to take this to a huge platform and get somebody to take over and produce this show because this show can be huge with the availability of the film that we have and the expertise I believe we can share. Uh, we can do something that the big boys do by getting on the board, breaking the film. If we get together in the same studio setting, I think we can break film down and show everyone the real, unlike the mainstream media, which doesn't really show the correct verbiage or how to break down a play. They actually break it down the wrong way and even explain the wrong play at a lot of times. So contrary to your belief, the big boy mainstream media people actually reach out to me and uh, ask me if they're right or wrong. So that is a true story and statement. And uh, I'm not going to blast that out there and show anyone, but I'm just telling you uh, before certain people go on the air, they hit me up. That's just real shit. So but I'm not that type of bitch-ass cat to share those details. So, but I know this. Some of you motherfuckers that keep sending me shit to ask if it's right or not, you better start fucking coming on my show. Or I'm going to start sharing text messages, motherfuckers. Anyway, hey, man, it's been a real week. It's been a tough week. Internet's fucked up. Sean's pissed off right now. The internet's down. Uh, we got a lot of shit. Internet's fucking everybody, man. It's been bad weather all over the country, so... I'm glad you bared with me, man. Uh, I got a Whitlock video that's out there. Uh, Pac-Man Jones video clips out there we put up. Uh, this one, Dak Prescott breakdowns on my channel. Uh, today's show's on there. We had to re-edit it, obviously cut out some things that were said. We had to cut those things out. We don't believe in uh, putting that shit out there. That's not something I want to put out there. So we had to cut that video. And you know me, I love freedom of speech. And I love, I wish we could talk canonly all the time like mostly that i do but you know nowadays there's certain words you ain't gonna be able to fucking say even my ass can't say uh i can say them but you know damn well my instagram's already been dis disabled once again and i don't even say shit on there so you know damn well i don't want youtube to ban me so anyway uh i don't want to get a banned for the simple fact that you guys come in here every day and watch the show so i don't want to be selfish either and just like say that i'm this big dick fucking slanger that i just want to be an asshole 
and I don't care about me. I'm going to say what I want to say. Well, then my show gets banned and then nobody gets to come in and watch it either. So I don't want to be ignorant and too prideful either. So I appreciate all you guys hitting the like button, subscribe, become a member. If you're not a member, become one, become part of the discord slap nation, the coaches crew. Uh, you can get that for another dollar. If you're a member, if you're not a member, it's two 99 a month. Uh, you can get into the group chat with us and talk to us all day, every day, short, fat, skinny, and tall. We do it all. So, hey, man, I appreciate all you guys, man. And uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, Monday for Menace Monday. Zach Smith joins us. We got a great lineup we're working on to get out on the show next week. Alex English, NBA Hall of Famer, legendary Alex English. Uh, I've been talking to Alex. I didn't know he knew who I was, man. I'm, 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 I'm very humble that one of my heroes growing up, Alex English, knows who I am. He's willing to come on the show. Can't wait. Joker just broke his Denver Nugget record with assist. Uh, if you don't know any history about sports, uh, I know all things short, fat, skinny, and tall. It doesn't mean uh, anything with a ball. I know about it. Uh, Alex English' uh, record was broken by, the, by, by Joker uh, the other day. So I'm going to ask Alex English about that next week uh, when he pops on. And then we'll get back to the norm and uh, have another great week. Hopefully, internet stays up. And you guys enjoy your weekend. I'll be playing poker this weekend, watching football. Steve Kim's going to come by. We're going to have a lot of little uh, laughs and drinks, of course. And, uh, hey, man, it's been a tumultuous week. But you know what? You got through it. And uh, make sure you pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. And I'll see you guys next week, man. Appreciate you guys. I got the Bengals, Joe. I got the Bengals. I got the Giants. I'm going to rock with the Cowboys. And I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Jacksonville to cover. And Jacksonville may shock the world. Brandon Lang thinks since Kansas City is going to blow Jacksonville out. So, hey, it is what it is. We'll see. But, hey, I'll talk to you guys on the other side. Steve Mack, holla at you guys. Peace in the Middle East. Hey, don't be a slapstick, don't be a fuckstick, and definitely don't be a shitbird. I'll see you guys tomorrow or Monday. Peace. The last chance cube. Let's go. And I just cannot wait to bring over 60 years of knowledge and experience to not only the novice football fan, Sean, but to the veteran football coach as well. You love it, you better live it. Drink it, eat it, smoke it, and then every now and again, wake up with it laying next to you. The premier football coaching show on the internet. I've looked forward for the longest time to be with somebody whose energy and knowledge of football and teaching and no nonsense, but understands the old game, the in-between game, the new game, and combines them all. Last chance cue with the great legendary Sean Salisbury.